Presenting Linfield Theatre Podcast Productions, The Deal of a Lifetime, by Helika Campbell and Ellie Gossett, directed by Alexandria Hunter. This podcast contains graphic and disturbing imagery and may not be suitable for all listeners. Drag marks lead to the new position of Casey's remains, which have been shoved into the front left corner of the store against the rolling gate. Lloyd and Rosalind barricaded the back door, which is now stuck under piles of unopened boxes and shelves. Brady sits with Booger once again, but this time he remains distant, unable to focus on the current reality. Rosalind is currently working through a crossword puzzle on a newspaper she found. Lloyd also sits with Booger, who helps distract the child and picks up the fidget cube every time they throw it for attention. The survivors barely move as the ad crackles through the intercom once more, with the exception of Rosalind staring intently at the back room door, almost daring one of the boxes to move. But none do. The ad ends. Booger continues to click away on the fidget cube, and Rosalind huffs in frustration. Booger, sweetheart, would you mind playing a little quieter for me? Booger does not acknowledge Rosalind and instead continues to play with the cube. Booger, I asked if you could stop being so loud with that thing. Booger ignores her again. Rosalind gets up this time and snatches the cube from the child. They look up at her with big, dazed eyes. Listen, you brat, when someone speaks to you, you need to listen to them. Booger starts to sob loudly, clutching at Rosalind's skirt and reaching for the cube. She struggles to keep it away from them. Lloyd gets up from his spot and walks over to the two, glaring at Rosalind. Good going. You made the child cry. Are you happy now? I just wanted some peace and quiet. Rosalind begrudgingly hands Booger the cube back. They sniffle and run back to the wall. Booger fidgets with the toy quietly, much more restrained in their actions, with occasional angry glares in Rosalind's direction. The child eventually grows tired of this and crosses their legs, sitting on them and rocking back and forth. Not getting a response from Brady, they tug on his sleeve. Is Alex back from using the bathroom yet? No, uh, not yet. Because I have to go. Just hold on a bit longer. We should be able to leave soon. Booger huffs and whines, but continues to busy themselves with the cube. Rosalind looks to the child for a little and then turns to Lloyd. This isn't right. You saw what happened to Casey. Finding a bathroom right now is out of the question. You know what I mean. Lloyd pulls himself to his feet and walks to the opposite corner of the store. Rosalind follows, with Brady tiredly moving part of the way there, but determined to keep an eye on Booger. They have a right to know. They are a child. We can't keep lying to them. Absolutely not... not. If we don't tell them about Alex, they're just going to keep asking. They are barely holding it together right now. We cannot drop another tragedy on that child. I won't allow it. But that's my point. They already saw what happened to Casey. At this point, leaving this place mentally intact is going to be impossible. The least we can do is tell them the truth, so that they can deal with it on their own terms. He's right, Rosalind. Booker's just a kid. Booker is just as much in this situation as the rest of us. No, I Am I, I seriously I the only person thinking with their head right now? And there's that elitist attitude again. It's not elitist to be right. I told you the monster was messing with us, and you didn't listen. 
Alex is dead because you wanted to argue about morals and feelings instead of actually doing anything. Like I said before, this is a battle for information and survival, and every single one of us needs to be on the same page. Alex is dead? Rosalind whirls around to see Booger, standing right behind Brady, holding the fidget cube loosely in their right hand. They look up at her hopelessly, dried tears covering their cheeks. Brady's face pales, covering his mouth as Lloyd sighs and looks to the rolling gate. I thought... I thought she was in the bathroom. Brady said she was in the bathroom. Miss Rosalind? Where is Alex? Bloody hell. Go on then, Rosalind. Well, uh, Booger, there's no easy way to say this, but... There's an awkward pause as Rosalind looks for the words to say, but Booger just continues to stare at her silently. She tries to turn to Lloyd and Brady for help, but they offer nothing in return. Finally, she sighs and offers a strained smile. Sorry, Booger. I am... I misspoke. I meant Stacy. Alex is... Alex is still in the bathroom. The pause as Booger thinks over the explanation sends Rosalind's heart into hysterics. The child considers the explanation, and their face begins to brighten. The eyes that were previously beginning to well with tears slowly return to normal. The scrunching eyebrows return to a relaxed state, and the child smiles. She's taking such a long time. Booger, while you wait, I'm sure if you ask very nicely, Miss Rosalind here will show you the comics in the paper. What do you say? The comics? Uh, yeah. Come sit over here with me, Booger. Rosalind offers her hand to the child, and together they find a spot against the wall. Lloyd smiles at Brady, and, for a brief moment, a sense of peace washes over the store. So we can't escape through the back, right? Right. The only thing back there is the vent. And we saw that leaving through the gate isn't an option either. So basically, we can't leave at all. Lloyd crosses his arms and sighs. They both look to the rolling gate, only this time not in despair or desperation. Instead, there is a newfound sense of determination. Well, let's talk about the vent. Can we crawl through it? Uh, but can it reach into it? Brady glances at the storage room hesitantly. That's the thing, Brady. The monster thinks it scared us off from the back room, and probably isn't even watching the vents. I don't know. You saw what happened back there. I just don't think it's a good idea. We have to try something. At this point, we're all going to go mad in here. Booger startles and drops the fidget cube. It hits a previously fallen over box and rolls off unseen. Brady and Lloyd both duck down, with Brady placing his head in his hands and breathing in and out as smoothly as possible, counting to ten on each breath. Lloyd keeps an eye on the rolling gate. Rosalind turns again to the storage closet and watches it. As she does, her eyes begin to well with tears as her vision slightly blurs, and the static becomes the most intense it has been. For a second, it seems like one of the boxes piled against the door shifts, 
and catches itself on the next ledge, and then stays put. The ad begins to fade out, and a calm silence takes the store once more. Rosalind hunches over, sickness piling in the back of her throat, but she manages to swallow the sour liquid back down. Do you think it knows? No. Is Alex okay? Uh, yeah. Definitely. She's hiding in the bathroom. But the scary monster's out there. Don't worry, Booger. She's okay. Alex is very sneaky. Like a ninja? Yeah, exactly. Like a ninja. Ooh! Booger, why don't you go find a nice hiding spot with Miss Rosalind? Okay. Let's go, Miss Rosalind. Rosalind rolls her eyes and follows Booger around the store, and the child begins to look through all the small areas they could fit into. Every time the child begins to head into the areas that contain a grisly sight, the older woman ushers them in the opposite direction, doing her best to avoid another meltdown. I don't think the vent will work. Freddy, what happened to Alex? No, it's not that. I just don't know where it connects to. We could end up anywhere in the mall. If we got lost, that would make it ten times easier for it to find us. Okay, well, I guess we'll have to go through the front then, but... Lloyd's eyes widen as he dives into his pocket and pulls out his phone, heart racing as he looks at the screen. There is no text, no incoming phone call. Instead, it is an alarm that has caught his attention. Fucking hell. What is it? It's a reminder I set for dinner. Uh, damn it! Lloyd clenches his jaw and deletes the notification. He stares at the blue screen, a picture of him and Hamish mid-dance staring back at him. Lloyd places the phone back in his pocket. He looks up and sees Rosalind making her way back to them, curiosity written across her face. Booger and I found a ton of great hiding places. And there's one by that shelf, and under the counter, and over there, and, and we can't fit into any of them. Well, good work, you two. I Although Casey would be able to, given, you know. Booger looks between the adults, and their eyes begin to well with tears at the mention of Casey, and they glance towards the rolling gate. Their lip begins to quiver, and they fidget their hands restlessly. Brady glances to Lloyd and opens his mouth to say something, but is cut off as Booger starts sniffling. Ah, uh, Booger, it's all right. Where's your fidget cube? I dropped it. Come on, I'll help you find it. Really? Sure. Let's go look, Booger. Booger, sniffling, follows as Rosalind leads them through the store, hunching over behind the stands and rooting through the fallen debris. The fidget cube isn't going to work forever. It just needs to keep him occupied for a little longer. Lloyd... I don't think we have a little longer. At this point, we're just waiting until we starve to death or that thing comes in and kills us. Don't talk like that. We will get out. We have to. We're trapped. There's no food, no water, and no way out. We're fucked. Brady leans against the wall with a sigh, running a tired hand through his hair. For a moment, he looks just as scared as Booger and Lloyd can't help but give him a gruff pat on the shoulder. Brady looks up at him. We still have a chance here, Brady. We'll think of something and we'll get out. We just can't give up now. You can't give up now. You still have so much more ahead of you. 
sure doesn't feel like it anymore. Christ, you're starting to sound like my son. Such a worrywart, that one. Listen, no matter how terrible the odds are, we can beat them. All it takes is a little perseverance and a lot of courage, alright? You're a really good guy, Lloyd. I bet you're a great dad. <laughs> Thank you. I hope my son thinks the same. In any case, we should go find Rosalind before she kills Booger herself. Uh, yeah, they probably found the cube by now. Booger isn't crying anymore. Joints pop as they watch Rosalind slowly stand from behind a shelf, her eyes wide as she turns to face them. Lloyd watches as Brady turns the corner and freezes. Uneasiness rising, Lloyd walks up behind Brady and looks over his shoulder. Rosalind is standing, shaking. There is a small body on the ground, eyes strained and locked in an eternal stare up at the ceiling. Lloyd runs to the body laying on the ground, the small neck of the child covered in finger-shaped bruises. Rosalind? I just... had to... Lloyd grabs the child's wrist, limp in his hand, and presses his fingers against it, waiting for the blood to flow through the body. As he waits, he grows impatient, worried he can't find the correct spot, and leans his head over Booger's face, waiting for the breath to stir his hair. They wouldn't shut up! Lloyd waits a few more seconds, panic setting in, hands sweating as he struggles to remember what to do. It's... it's not my fault! Lloyd begins performing CPR, placing one hand on top of the other and pressing down onto the child's chest. Every press is painful, and he feels the not-yet-solidified ribs bend under his weight. You... you bitch! Brady runs at Rosalind, pushing her backwards with his momentum. She struggles desperately, manicured nails clawing at his arms as he drags her towards the register. As the adrenaline courses through his veins, he pulls her up and holds her by the back of her head. Rosalind lets out a short, pained yelp as his fingers dig into her scalp, and he slams her face first into the edge of the counter. There's a sickening crack that echoes in the room, followed by the soft ding of the register from the impact. It dings again and again and again as Brady pounds her face further and further into the counter. Pieces of flesh and blood fly upwards into his face, but the rage in his eyes remains unrelenting. How could you? How could you? Booger's ribs finally give out as Lloyd hears a crack underneath his hands and pulls away immediately. Tears begin to stream down his face as he realizes there is nothing he can do. Damn it! Fuck! No longer focused on resuscitating Booger, Lloyd turns his head and brings himself to crawl forward, where he sees the heels of Rosalind strewn on the floor. He follows the trail and sees what is left of Rosalind, her head an unrecognizable pile of carnage. Brady sits on top of her, one fist clenched and dripping with blood while the other remains buried deep in Rosalind's scalp. He turns to Lloyd, his face covered in the remnants of her brain matter. Brady, what the fuck have you done? She killed Booger. She, she killed Booger. Brady does not turn around from his position. 
Still in his grasp is the remains of Rosalind's skull, her hair locked firmly in between his fingers. Lloyd glances between Booger's corpse and the young man sitting across from him, covered in blood. You're right. She did. We were right there. The whole time she was... We, we were right there. Just a few feet away the whole time. Lloyd swallows hard and slowly starts moving towards Brady, mindful of every action, every possible movement from the young man sitting in front of him, body slouched but tense. If we had known... God, how did we not hear them? Booker is... was small, and Rosalind used that to her advantage. We should have saved them. We... we, we should have... Lloyd sits on his knees next to Brady as Brady begins to cry. It takes all Lloyd's might not to lose it as he looks at the bloody mess in the young man's hands. Yes, but we can't do anything about that now. Why don't you let go of Rosalind? He looks down and sees the mess in his hands. He jerks away from it, but the hair is wrapped in knots around his fingers. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Get, get her off me. Get her off me! Lloyd grabs Brady's hand as gently as possible and struggles to pull the boy's hand loose. Once it's free, Brady backpedals and presses himself against a shelf. His breathing is fast and shallow as panic starts to overtake his body. She... she killed Booker. She... she deserved it. She... she killed a child. Anyone who does that deserves to die. Calm down, son. Listen to me. What Rosalind did was not okay, but we can't turn against everyone. She killed Booger! Yes, but we can't go on killing each other. She was... she was evil. She would have tried to kill us too if I didn't... If you didn't kill her? Are you saying things are better now that she's dead? Look around! Casey and Alex are still dead. Booger is still dead. The only thing that's changed now is there's another dead body in the room. And... You're the murderer. <laughs> Brady fully breaks down into tears, sniffling and quivering as the full realization of the event washes over him. Lloyd feels conflicted as he looks to Brady and then to Rosalind's remains. As his eyes wander over Booger's corpse, his stomach drops as a thought crosses his mind. Do you know what Booger's real name was? What? Their real name. They just introduced themselves as Booger, so I never really stopped to ask. Do you know what it was? No. I guess only Casey knew. Brady only nods in response, staring at the floor with a dazed expression. The stench of Rosalind's blood mingles with the foul smell of Casey's rotting lower half, creating an air of tension and disgust in the room. Lloyd waits to hear the static creep over the intercom, for the wretched beast to break the silence itself. But it never comes. Do you think it's gone? I don't know. We haven't heard the ad for a while. Maybe. Maybe the police can finally get inside. Maybe we can leave. When we leave, what are you going to tell them? Who? The cops. We need to tell them about... Rosalind. Brady sits in silence, staring at the ground. Lloyd watches him for any sign of true remorse, but
but finds only festering anger, unquenched in its thirst for blood, lurking beneath the surface. We'll, we'll lie, we'll say the monster got her. Yes, but her body, it got in the store, killed Rosalind, and escaped through the vents. I'll deal with the security cam footage. You just have to tell them you saw it too, then. What about her family, Brady? Her friends, everyone who cared about her. Are we going to lie to them too? We have to. They won't understand. They'll think I snapped and killed Booger too. And then I'll go to jail for the rest of my life. And I... I can't do that. I haven't figured out what I want to do with my life yet. And I can't do that inside a cell. This, this is the only way. Do you seriously think you can live a normal life after what you have done? Even if we do lie, and you get out of here and settle down somewhere far, far away, this is going to haunt you for the rest of your life. You can't run from this. You need help, son. I imagine we both will after this. What are you trying to say? Please, listen to me. Rosalind had a life too. What she did was wrong and cruel, but she was a person. Her loved ones deserve to know what happened to her. If you just tell them all the truth, that you were scared and you didn't know what you were doing, I'm sure we can negotiate with the police. But you don't want to keep this on your conscience, Brady. Brady takes a deep breath in, and he is silent long enough for Lloyd to give his speech. The blood is in his ears now. The steady pulse of his heart, of his rage, his pain, his loss, his hurt, surrounds him, numbs him. You think she should have lived? I don't think she deserved to die. There's a difference. People have to live with the consequences of their actions. Booker didn't deserve to die. Alex didn't deserve to die. Casey was was a total bitch sometimes, but even she should have lived. But Rosalind? She was... She was as bad as that thing out there. She was, she was a monster. And if you can't see that... Brady stands up, slowly, the blood barely dry on his fists. Then maybe you're a monster too. Brady suddenly lunges towards Lloyd, his fist connecting with the <laughs> older man's jaw. Lloyd stumbles back, confused, but quickly finds his footing as Brady comes in for a second blow. Lloyd narrowly dodges the hit and punches Brady in the cheek. We don't have to do this, Brady! Brady falls onto the ground and wipes the blood from the corner of his mouth. He glares viciously at Lloyd. You're not yourself right now. Just calm down. We can work this out. Brady charges at Lloyd, hitting the older man in the side and knocking him off the shelf. The two men grapple on the floor, broken cell phone models and stray cords underneath them. Brady rolls on top of Lloyd and readies another punch. Lloyd moves his head just in time and Brady hisses in pain as his knuckles bleed from the impact with the floor. Caught off guard, Brady is quickly knocked off as Lloyd crawls out from underneath him. He runs towards the back of the store. You're not getting away from me, you bastard! Brady jumps up and chases after him. The two slip between the shelves, leaving a path of toppled devices and shattered glass behind them. Running back around towards the front, Lloyd's foot slips on a small pool of blood near Rosalind's body. He collides with the counter, ribs slamming hard onto the corner. Just as Lloyd is trying to recover, 
Brady spots the model TV Casey had knocked over so long ago. As he stares, he realizes. One of the glass shards from the screen is just large enough to fit in his hand. He picks it up and locks eyes with Lloyd. Please, please stop. It's too late. You and I both know that already. Brady flips the glass shard over in his hand, the glass cool against his skin as he approaches Lloyd. Lloyd's hands grip onto the counter, still slick with Rosalind's blood. His body begs him not to move, as every limb seems to scream in pain. Brady grabs Lloyd by the collar, throwing him back onto the ground with all of his might. Lloyd stares up in horror as Brady attempts to jam the shard into his eye. Lloyd turns to the side, desperately trying to avoid it, but Brady grabs him by the jaw and manages to slice just above his eye before Lloyd shuts him off. The blood drips down from Lloyd's brow, blurring his vision. Lloyd holds his hand over his eye, attempting to wipe the blood out of it. Brady brings himself up and tackles Lloyd, still holding onto the shard. Lloyd grabs Brady's wrists, pushing himself back on top. Brady kicks desperately at him, dropping the shard. It clatters to the ground, catching Lloyd's attention, but before he can do anything about it, Brady wraps his fingers around Lloyd's neck and begins to choke the life out of him. Just, just give up already! Lloyd continues to struggle. Pressure mounts on his throat. Lloyd can hear his heartbeat racing, desperate for air. He tries to pull out of Brady's reach, but to no avail. Lloyd's right hand reaches out, desperate for anything to help him, when his fingers graze something cold and hard. As he pulls it towards him, out of the corner of his eye, he sees the glass shard glinting in the dim light of the electronic store. Lloyd slams it into Brady's eye with all the force he can muster. (laughs) Brady lets go of Lloyd's neck as Lloyd pulls the glass shard from Brady's ruined socket. As Brady howls in agony, Lloyd slashes his throat. Blood sprays from the wound and covers his chest and face. Lloyd uses this to push Brady off of him and in turn uses his body to hold Brady down. Brady gurgles in pain, hands still clawing at Lloyd, but they drop to his side with a sudden thud. His remaining eye stares at Lloyd, glazed over in pain and rage. Lloyd pulls himself off of Brady's body and sits against a shelf nearby, one hand attempting to wipe the blood out of his eye, the other clutching at his chest. The electronic store falls silent once more, as he realizes he is all alone. Lloyd sits by himself. The blood covering his body chills against the air. There's so much of it sticking to every part of his body, soaked through his clothes and seeping into his skin. He takes a breath, shaky, His hands will not stay still. Lloyd clenches them into fists and fights to breathe through the smell of vomit, urine, blood, and decay hanging thick like a fog in the air. Lloyd reaches into his pocket and finds his phone, 
the screen covered in blood. He finds the one part of his shirt that is mostly clean and wipes the phone down enough for it to be usable. He dials Hamish's number and waits and waits and waits as it continues to ring. As the voicemail begins to play, Lloyd feels the tears well in his eyes as he stares out the rolling gate. Hi, Hamish. So... It looks like I'm not going to make it after all. I don't think anyone's coming to help anymore, and I can feel that damn thing watching me now. Please tell Charlie that I... that I love him, and that I'll always be proud of him, no matter what. Make sure he finds himself and doesn't doesn't give his old man such a hard time. I'm so sorry. I wasn't there more. I should have been there more for both of you. I, I hope you can forgive me. Hamish, I... I'm sorry. This mailbox is full. Goodbye. I, I love you. <laughs> the Deal of a Lifetime is written by Halika Campbell and Ellie Gossett. Directed by Alexandria Hunter. Assistant directed by Jordan Black. And stage managed by Claire Harris. Starring Beatrice DeGraw as the narrator, Elliot Montebrand as Lloyd, Robert Turner as Brady, Joy Dean as Rosalind, Abby Northrup as Alex, Margot Stewart as Casey, Sarah Ornelas as Booger and Stacy. With sound design by Aaliyah Tran, assistant sound design by Robert Turner, sound engineering by Abby Northrup, dramaturgy by Shayla Wacker. Special thanks to faculty advisor Lindsay Mantone and podcast consultants Kevin Curry and Kendall Harrison. <laughs>